Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. Hi everyone. For those of you who are joining City Harvest Church for the first or second time, I'm Pastor Kong and I want to warmly welcome you in Jesus' name. We are one week away from Christmas and I want to read a couple of scriptures about that night when Jesus Christ was born. This is the reason why the world has been celebrating Christmas for the past 2,000 years. In Luke chapter 2, angels appeared before some shepherds and said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward man. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and verse 14. You know, happiness and peace are possibly the top two things people are searching for today. According to Google search, there are about 1.5 billion articles on the subject of happiness on the internet and 1.4 billion on the subject of peace. And in comparison, words like prosperity and millionaire result in around 226 million and 112 million articles respectively. And this makes perfect sense. What's the point of having money and possessions power and positions if you don't have happiness and peace. And it is precisely because of these two things that we have Christmas. Jesus Christ was born to give us joy and peace. Every human being is driven by the pursuit of happiness. In our own national pledge, we say we want to achieve happiness, prosperity and progress for our nation. But happiness is something that seems to be increasingly elusive. I believe it has a lot to do with the pace of life that we are now living. We live in a generation where everything has sped up. Everything is faster and more instant. And while there are many pluses, there are also many minuses. I did my bachelor's degree in computer science, so I'm not anti-technology at all. But with an ever-increasing pace, life can become less enjoyable and more distracting. Psychologists call this distracted living. Our lives are now flooded with an overload of information. You know, in the old days, if we wanted to find out what's going on, we would buy a newspaper or watch the 6 o'clock news. It is good to stay informed about what's happening in the world. But we have a choice. We decide how much we need and when we need it. It is on our terms. But these days, notification constantly pop up on our screens all day long. When we want to go to social media to check out on our friends, we have to navigate through endless news stories and what's happening in other people's lives. And don't forget countless advertisements too. Unknowingly, up goes our anxiety level. Of course, we should be updated with current affairs. What's the latest with the COVID-19 pandemic? Where has terrorism struck this week? What's happening with the US election? What's going on between America and China? How's the global market performing? And our own local news, which will affect all our lives. We are being hit repeatedly every hour on the hour 24 hours a day, seven days a week, constantly being warned 
about what could possibly go wrong. And the message is always danger, 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 anger, 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 death, 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 trouble, 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 hopeless, hopeless, hopeless. Imagine what it does to our anxiety level. It goes through the roof. The worries of others become our worries. Their fears become our fears. Their anger becomes our anger. And so we become more jumpy. And that's why many people struggle with panic attacks. And if we are already struggling, we're feeling low and depressed, we will feel worse by the day. Sana, I met a couple from our church last week. They are long-time cell group leaders. The wife recently had a major surgery. After recuperating in the hospital for four to five days, when she turned on her mobile phone, she had hundreds and hundreds of text messages and emails lying on the hospital bed. As long as her mobile phone was on, it was always beeping, always buzzing. She picked up one call and it was from her China office. She could barely talk. And she said, I just had an operation. I'm very weak and I'm resting in the hospital. The staff in China say, oh, please, I only need to talk to you for one to two minutes. And of course, the phone call lasted 15 minutes. It was like that all day long. And she was on full work mode throughout her entire hospital stay. She said that when she was on hospital leave and later took her annual leave, it was like having no leave at all. She was constantly on call and working. When life is like this, no wonder we are all so stressed. We are no longer living in the present because in our mind, we are constantly worried about the future. What do I mean? The month of December can be a very stressful time for many people. We all want to clear our work for the year so we can have a good break after Christmas or maybe apply leave for the first two weeks of the new year. So in our minds, we want to finish all the work for the next few weeks. And when we have done that, we think to ourselves, hmm, maybe I should clear all my work until Chinese New Year so that I can have a restful start for 2021. So while we are only in early December, daily, our minds are racing, thinking about the events from December all the way to February. Every day, we are not living in the present, in the here and now of today. In our minds, we are already living in the future with the work, appointments and meetings after Christmas and into the new year. And we wonder why we are feeling continuously stressed and tired and anxious. We have all become so dependent on electronic devices, our laptops, our tablets, our mobile phones, and many have more than one. This means constant exchanges on our emails, WhatsApp, WeChat, Telegram, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Zoom, Skype, and don't forget the traditional SMS. So you become glued to them, not because you want to, but because you feel you have to, you have no choice. Especially if you are in a position of responsibility. 
You are a CEO. You are in management. You are the head of a department. Or you are the executive secretary to a very busy boss. If you turn off your phone, even when you're supposed to be on leave, you're so afraid. When you turn it on again, you will have hundreds and hundreds of unanswered messages. You will become even more stressed at that time. So you think to yourself, I'd rather be a little stressed every day than to be massively stressed after my leave. But by doing that, you are putting yourself in a constant state of anxiety and jumpiness. And imagine doing this all year long, year after year. It will affect your health, your mental well-being, and even your spiritual life. Most of us have become overloaded with stress hormones. We go through our day with too much adrenaline and cortisol in our bodies. Because of the speed of life, the pressure of life, and all the jumpy, excitable information that keeps invading our mind, we are in a constant fight-or-flight mode. The adrenaline and cortisol keep burning up the fuel in our bodies so we get more tired and we get more exhausted. To keep going, we need more sugar, more caffeine. You know, in the past, I needed to drink 16 cups of coffee every day. Every day, 16 cups of coffee in the past. I know for some, it is Red Bull or some other energy drink or snack to make ourselves feel awake to keep us energized. But this is a trap because the more stimulants we get, the more tired we become and the more we need them and they become an addiction. I know this for a fact because from 2002 to 2010, I lived an insane, extremely high-stressed life. I worked 16 hours a day, every day, without any breaks in between. In those years, I flew 1 million kilometers a year and was in a constant state of permanent jet lag. My calendar was packed one year in advance. Outwardly, it looked very glamorous because it's good to feel wanted and needed. But inwardly, it was no fun to be constantly stressed and anxious. I was so jumpy all the time and always snapped at my staff. My temper was legendary. But bit by bit, it ate away the happiness and peace in my heart. I was a visionary, but an angry, jumpy visionary. For many of us, we just want to be happy. But happiness has become a very elusive thing. In almost every definition, happiness is described as a feeling a positive, quick sensation, getting a buzz, a hit, a high. So to many of us, to be happy means a craving for a pleasurable feeling. I just want to feel great. I want to feel appreciated. I want to feel in control. I want to feel safe. Or I want to feel less tired. But our idea of happiness, what we are looking for, is really a sensation that's triggered by something to make us feel good. If I could only just get the appreciation and recognition, 
if I can catch up my work and be in control again, if I can get enough in my bank account to feel safe and secure for my future, or if I can just solve this problem and then finally get some rest so that I don't feel so tired anymore. Now, the problem with all this is that it doesn't last. You catch up on your workload and there'll be other work waiting for you. You solve this problem and another crisis will arise. You feel appreciated and a short while later, you feel insecure and unappreciated again. We feel good and then we feel bad. We feel good and then we feel bad again. It is very unstable. And this is the problem when our happiness depends on external triggers. Because when the trigger is absent, the happiness is absent. And we live lurching from one high to the next, from one high to the next, looking for the next buzz, looking for the next sensation. The more we grasp for happiness from the outside, from external triggers and stimuli, the more we feel discontented on the inside. And when we do this long enough, day after day, year after year, it becomes a habit. We are daily on autopilot, striving and craving and grasping. Our minds cannot stop working. Our adrenaline and cortisol keep burning up our bodies. And we are always unsettled, always feeling uncertain, always tired, always exhausted. We become fearful and we get anxiety and panic attacks and we feel burnt out. Intuitively, we know we have to stop, but we can't. Working hard, staying on top of the game has become an addiction and it is a very vicious cycle. And we didn't set out to be like this. We just wanted to live a useful and productive life, to be happy and to glorify God. The problem is, Somewhere along the way, we unknowingly develop a mindset that happiness is dependent on external things. This kind of happiness won't work for us and it won't satisfy us. It's not fulfilling. It will only make us more exhausted and more frustrated with life and sometimes even with ministry and with everything. It is for this reason that we have Christmas. Jesus was born to tell us there is a happiness that is not transient. It doesn't fade in and fade out. And it's not dependent on things, people or situation. The Bible calls it joy. And it comes from the Lord. And it gives us energy for living. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Every Christmas we sing, Joy to the world! The Lord has come because joy is the heart of Christianity. This is why the Christian life is so fulfilling and satisfying because joy is the heart of it all. Joy is the atmosphere of heaven. When we pray for heaven to be experienced here on earth, we are praying for more joy in our lives. Joy comes directly from God. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. It is not transient and undependable because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's unchanging and always constant. God is good all the time. And all the time, He is good. When Jesus is in our lives, 
it doesn't matter how people treat us, how unfair life can be, or how uncertain our future may look, because there is a heavenly joy that makes us the happiest people around. We can be in the most severe hardship and still experience joy unspeakable and full of glory. We are no longer anxious or panicky because we have Jesus in us. So we need to redefine our understanding of happiness. Happiness is no longer just a feeling or sensation which is temporary, one that comes and goes depending on situation, people or things. True happiness comes from knowing Jesus and drawing our life and joy from Him. Jesus' life is characterized by joy. He was so joyful. If anything, His enemies often accuse Him of being too joyful. He described His life as a bridegroom enjoying a wedding feast. He always rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. In the many parables He told, He always talked about the joy of God and the joy of heaven and how you and I can experience it in our work and family life. He then promised to give His disciples a lifetime supply of it. In John 15 and verse 11, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Can you imagine how many of you are already grateful just to have a little bit of joy this Christmas, let alone the fullness of joy? But this is the reason for the season. Jesus was born on Christmas to give you the fullness of heavenly joy. The joy of God is supernatural. The strangest thing is that when we face difficult times, instead of feeling being pulled down, these situations often enhance our joy. Many of you know that my journey in life has been quite difficult and filled with a lot of hardships. But I often feel like the happiest person around. Not because I'm a masochist or everything is easy and perfect around me or I'm in control of everything. No, no, no. Actually, my life is very far from being easy or perfect. Very, very far from it. And I have absolutely no control over my future. But I feel so joyful each day because of Jesus. Because I sense His love for me. And I know He's using every situation to make me a better person. So when I'm inside for those two and a half years, although life was very harsh and very difficult, His presence and power was so real. It was the most painful season of my life, but it was also the happiest season because of the joy that Jesus brings every day to me. And I know He wants to do the same for you. Joy is God's first Christmas present for you. Now, with joy comes an inner peace. And this is your second Christmas present. Inner peace is an amazing kind of peace within ourselves where we know that everything will be all right. All is calm and all is bright. Everything is going to be all right. Whether things are going well or not, we have an abiding assurance that everything will be okay. Our minds are calm and positive. Now, peace is not the absence of worries and conflicts. As long as we live in this broken down world, 
life is constantly filled with problems. But inner peace is when we are not tormented by anxiety, fear, or conflict. It doesn't mean that there's no trouble around us. It simply means we are not troubled by the troubles. It is an internal state of being and it's an amazing place to be at. Only when we have inner peace do we have true freedom, genuine freedom. Only at that time are we truly free because we are no longer being taken captive by worries or anxieties. We are not being pushed or pulled by the pressure of work or the stress of life. Without inner peace, most of us become very wound up on the inside. We are always very intense and impatient. And our impatience often manifests itself when we are in a traffic or waiting to be served in a restaurant or standing in line for something. The other day, I drove my son to school and the traffic was very heavy. Cars were moving at snail's pace. There was a nice-looking lady driving a nice car. But in her stress and impatience, she started honking at the car in front because the student in the car was taking a little too long to get out. Maybe he had forgotten to tie his shoelaces or forgotten to wear a mask. Anyway, this lady started honking away, bah, 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 gesturing, frantically, like, what's wrong with you? Get your kid out of your car. You're holding me up, honk, honk, honk. <laughs> but the funny thing was, even when the boy eventually left the car, they were still not going anywhere because there was a long traffic jam of at least 30 cars ahead. When I saw this, I just laughed. I found it so amusing because there was absolutely nothing she or the car in front of her could do. Nothing. So I just said a little prayer for her that she would just calm down and find peace with God because she was one very stressed out lady. But isn't this a story of all our lives? We have so pre-programmed ourselves that whenever we are in a stressful situation, we tend to react negatively. Sometimes it's not even rational, but it has become our habit. This is how we react when we are tired, when we are pressured. Herein lies the beauty of Christmas. Jesus came to change all that. He is the Prince of Peace. On the night, he was about to be betrayed. Jesus was so filled with peace, he actually encouraged his disciples. Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 14 verse 27. The peace of Jesus Christ is unlike any peace in the world. It is an inner peace that's not troubled by anxiety, fear, or conflict. Sure, anxiety, fear, or conflict might be present, but you're not tormented by it. It is there, but it doesn't trouble you. You can rest in it and even sleep soundly through it. In the same conversation, Jesus continued to tell His disciples, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 16, verse 33. The inner peace of Christ overcomes 
all the troubles of life. Now remember, Jesus Himself was only hours away from His arrest, suffering and crucifixion. And yet, He had the amazing peace of mind. Sometimes, even as Christians who love God and have known Him for so many years, we forget this. We are stuck in the endless cycle of striving and craving and grasping. I need to be responsible for my family. If I don't do this, then who will do it? People are depending on me. <laughs> Even church leaders struggle with stress and anxiety. And I used to be one of them. But praise God, I'm learning not to be anymore. Jesus says, in me, you may have peace. So you must let Jesus fill your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your affections, and let Him ease your worries and concerns. Having done your best, trust Him for the outcome. I mean, it's not just a cliche, but it's the truth. You have done your best. Having done all, you just stand. Good or bad, trust God for the outcome. Don't worry about it anymore. He is in control. He loves you and He knows what is best for you. Take time to sleep, to rest, to pray, to worship, to read the Bible, to enjoy your family and friends. Yes, plan for the future, but don't overplan it. Don't overthink it. Don't dwell on it day and night. Don't keep living with next week or next month or next year in your mind. Make yourself live in the present. Learn to enjoy today. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Enjoy today with God. Enjoy today with your family. Learn to trust God that He's working all things for your good. From today, don't resort to your habitual way of reacting, fasting and striving, getting irritable and fed up. Learn to just be still and be calm. Learn to rewire yourself to trust God more. Many of the urgent things in life are really not that urgent. Yes, this is a very stressful situation, but learn to be relaxed in your response. Take a moment to thank Jesus and to worship Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. That's what we sing every Christmas, right? Remember His promises to you. When you can do that, you are cultivating an inner peace and inner joy. And you are learning true happiness. The third Christmas present God has for you is favour. Favour. Luke chapter 2 and verse 14 in the NIV Bible says, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom His favour rests. Favour. What is favour? Favour means demonstrated delight. God loves you and He wants to demonstrate His love to you and display His delight for you. One way He does that is by protecting you, preserving you, and healing you when you are sick. Listen, we will all die someday. But God doesn't want us to die before our time. Three weeks ago, I shared with you how God healed Ruth Kwan of breast cancer when she was too frail for chemo and radiation therapy. Even her oncologist was amazed. It was a miracle. 
This is favour. This is God demonstrating His love and delight for Ruth. Let Jesus be your healer this Christmas. Let Him heal you of your cancer. Let Him heal you of your heart disease. Let Him heal you of your organs, your arthritis, your rheumatism, your diabetes, and your asthma, whatever your sickness may be. Another definition that I like very much about favour is that favour is a preferential treatment. Preferential treatment. When you have Jesus in your life, even when you go through a hard time, God will make sure you stand out in the crowd. His righteousness and presence will make you very attractive. People who don't know you will notice you and seek to bless you. In this COVID-19 year, when the global economy was so badly affected, many of our members got pay raises and promotions. Now, this is favour. Some got headhunted for better jobs. This is favour. Because of our online services, many of our family members became open to the gospel and gave their heart to Jesus. This is favour. Earlier in this service, we heard the testimony of Jeremiah and his fiancée, Amelia, who was also diagnosed with breast cancer. It was a bad situation, but it is precisely when we are in trouble that we need the favour of God. So many were praying for her. The operation was successful. The hospital was full, but she got a free upgrade in the ward. All these are the favour of God. She had preferential treatment. Jeremiah and Amelia had financial challenges, but God moved someone whom they didn't know to pay for the entire operation. Now again, this is favour. People you don't know being moved to help you. Last week, I visited Pastor Kim Hock and Pastor Lily in their home. Pastor Kim Hock has serious health challenges, but he's so strong and full of faith. They have four boys who are still schooling, and because of Kim Hock's health, he couldn't give them all the attention they needed in their schoolwork but all four won the EduSafe Award for Academic Achievement, all in the same year of 2020. The most challenging year for the entire family. Now, what do you call that? God's favour. Jesus grew in favour with God and with man. Christmas is all about God's favour in your relationship, especially among those in your family. Tai Chuan is one of our pastoral staff in our Chinese church. Her relationship with her dad was estranged for many years and God gave her favour with him. I want you to listen to this very touching testimony.当我花时间在神面前时，圣灵就开始与我同工，帮助我接触我的家人。从小到大，我的爸爸都是一个尽责、供应家里需要的父亲。当他对我的管教严厉，所以我一直都很害怕他。也因为这样，我们没有很亲
家人之间的关系陷入紧张的时期。这一连串不开心的事情对我的影响很大，我感觉很难过。虽然为爸爸的救恩祷告快十五年了，但当时我感觉无能为力，这么多年都没有改变。面对这一切，我也只能安静寻求神。在安静寻求、等候圣灵的一个下午，我感觉圣灵对我说：“彩娟，你不是很喜欢煮饭给人吃吗？有没有想过煮给爸爸吃呢？”我当下马上说：“我爸爸是不会吃的，而且我很害怕。”圣灵又继续对我说：“你牧养的工作不是常需要带组员到医院去复诊看医生吗？你也可以带爸爸去看医生，找出呼吸困难的问题。”圣灵就是这样不断的提醒我，鼓励我跨出去，实际的关心爸爸。所以我鼓起勇气带他去看不同的医生，找出原因。我主动的跟他聊天，而每一次看医生的时候，都煮饭给他吃。我们从尴尬到自然，他从拒绝我煮的饭到期待我的到来，甚至告诉我怎样煮的更好吃。之后。圣灵又感动我，跨出信心，邀请爸爸到我的家住一时期，好让我可以陪伴他。在那之前，我爸爸从来不会在外头住的，他也不曾来过我的家。当他答应来我家时，我非常的惊讶。在我家的十天里，我和爸爸有机会每一天一起吃饭、看电视、逛巴沙，有机会把很多的事敞开的分享，心平气和的说话。我们聊往事。聊他成长的经历，甚至聊到他内心深处的事，有时候哭，有时候大笑，这是从来没有发生过的事。有一天我们在聊天的时候，他跟我分享，他不是一个好儿子，因为没有好好的孝顺自己的父母。他说着说着就哭了。我捉紧机会跟他分享福音，告诉他上帝是爱，而且我公公和婆婆都是基督徒。有一天，他们会在天堂见面。奇妙的是，他竟然很感动，也愿意接受耶稣，而且要清除家里的偶像。当晚，我和堂姐带领他做觉知的祷告，接受耶稣基督成为他生命的救主。之后，我第一次按手为爸爸祷告，求圣灵充满他，医治他，赐他平安。祷告后，我们都哭了。我告诉爸爸，这是我这辈子。难忘的一天，我们不再是陌生的妇女。我跟爸爸的和好，带给我内心很大的医治和满足。爸爸也感受到我对他的爱。信主后，我爸爸有很大的改变，脸上有了慈祥的笑容。我们也能够很自然的聊天。我看见他每一天拿着他母亲留给他的圣经，读神的话语。他告诉我，他每一天都为全家人祷告，他也传简讯给自己的大哥，与他和好，把多年来的伤害和心结放下。神不止在他的心里动工，也医治了他的身体。如今他不再失眠和呼吸不顺畅，他现在可以一觉到天亮了。有一天，我看到爸爸在自己的房间里，拿着他母亲的圣经，跪着祷告，听诗歌，敬拜主。我的心有说不出来的感动，这个画面
永远存在我的心里面，因为我看到耶稣的爱如何改变爸爸的生命，也恢复了我们父女的关系。我的心充满着感恩，我知道这一切都是圣灵的工作，神给我们家的恩典。当我继续相信的时候，我也看见我其他的家人对耶稣有更多的敞开。我知道神会继续在我的家庭动工。有一天，我们全家人要一起到教会敬拜主。What a wonderful testimony of redemption and reconciliation! Jesus Christ is truly the reason for the season. On that first Christmas night, the angels proclaim the three Christmas presents that God desires to give all mankind: heavenly joy, inner peace, and divine favor. Christmas is not about Santa Claus or Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer or Frosty the snowman. It's not about shopping and eating and drinking or merrymaking. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have been selfish, proud, hurtful, said and done many things that we are not proud of. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, and this means that we will be eternally cut off from God's love and blessing. But the good news of Christmas is that Jesus Christ was born to be our Savior, your Savior. He was born to reconcile us back to God, our Father. We have peace with God when we allow our sins to be washed by the blood of His cross. Look, when our hands are dirty, we wash them with soap. When our clothes are dirty, we wash them with detergent. But what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus can be born a thousand times in Bethlehem, but if He's not born in our hearts, then we are still in our sin. Whether we have committed big sins or little sins or secret sins that nobody knows, will you let Jesus Christ wash them all away? Let Him wash you spotlessly clean, spiritually, physically. Psychologically, let him pour his inner peace into your heart, so that you can live a life not troubled by anxiety, fear, or conflict. Let him pour his heavenly joy into you, giving you a happiness that is not transient or dependent on external triggers. Let him bring you into his favor, so that you can live a life of victory. Seeing the blessing of God, the approval of God, all over you, Jesus really loves you. I want you to join the singers today. We're going to sing this song right now. Lonely, guilty, your heart is filled with so much fear. You cried a million tears. Broken heart and shattered dreams. He died to set you free. Jesus Christ is calling you. Can you hear His voice? 
Today, there's nothing that you need to do. All He asks of you is to believe in Him and receive Him into your heart. Will you do that? Right now, will you invite Jesus Christ to come into your life and receive His Christmas present of joy, peace, and favor? Just say this prayer together with me right now. In fact, I want to ask all of you who are watching, even the Christians, to join me in this prayer. Just close your eyes and say this prayer together with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to give us Christmas. I thank you for sending Jesus to give us Christmas. Jesus, be born in my heart today. Jesus, be born in my heart today. Please forgive me of all my sins. Please forgive me of all my sins. I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with inner peace. Fill me with inner peace. Fill me with heavenly joy. Fill me with heavenly joy. Pour the favor of God upon me. Pour the favor of God upon me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for saying this prayer. If this is the first time you're saying a prayer like this, praise the Lord. I want to welcome you into God's spiritual family. After this service, some of the Christian friends around you would like to pray for you. If you are a backslider and have also said this prayer, will you please allow the Christians around you to also pray a Christmas blessing over you? I'm Pastor Kong, and I want to personally welcome you to City Harvest Church. God bless and Merry Christmas. We hope you've been blessed by the message. If you have a testimony to share, 
write to us at connect at chc.org.sg.